I remember as a child um, when I was pretty much in the fifth grade, you know, I grew up here in Scarborough. I'm a Scarborough man, fam, <laughs> through and through, and I represent, I'll represent it to the death of it. I, I, I just, I'm excited. I think we can put Scarborough on the map, yeah. you know, and so, uh, so anyways, so I grew up in Scarborough. I went to Silver Springs Public School over uh, in the Glendower area. And, you know, and so while I was there, I experienced a lot of racism. In fact, my son, for the first time, um, experienced racism this week, you know, where somebody uh, said some very um, harsh things to him. And as a result, he was impacted and it broke my heart because it was his first time experiencing prejudice. Um, You know, but even as a child myself in the public school system, I personally experienced racism as well and prejudice. And I remember, you know, there's nothing wrong with these things. um, But I remember my teacher telling me, you know, trying to limit me and tell me that I'm going to be nothing. I'm either going to run track or I'm going to be a truck driver. Right. And uh, so they told me this. And again, no offense to those who run track or be truck drivers. But he said it in a condescending way. He said it in an insulting way. I'm not going to say his name. He might be still alive. Uh, But he said this to me. And, you know, and it really did something to me. It shaped, you know, how many of you know that what you say to children can impact, can inspire or can uh, it can push them down and block them from from pursuing what it is that God has called them to do? And see, some of us, we think, you know, we have to our words need to match children's behavior. Man, there was a preach right there. Y'all just it just went right over, you know, because we think that oftentimes our words about The kids need to match the way they're behaving when in actuality, no, you need to speak over your children. Come on. What you don't see in your kids. And if I see you exhibiting some behavior, it doesn't necessarily mean that you are this way or that you're not going to move into what God has called you to do. It just means that sometimes you need to just tell them what you see about them as opposed to the the behavior that is being exhibited. Man, the preach already started. I better quit. I'm getting too excited already. And at the end of the day, you know, this is what took place. And it went as far as, uh, you know, I had a desire in my heart. I'll never forget. I wanted to play the saxophone, you know. I just loved, I think it might have been on The Simpsons when I saw Lisa, how she just used to just go in on the saxophone. And I was like, man, I want it. Who used to watch The Simpsons? I actually wasn't allowed, but we had to sneak, you know. Lisa, it's your birthday. Happy birthday, Lisa. But anyway, that's another Uh, So anyways, I'll never forget. I wanted to play the saxophone and a teacher. This is another teacher told me you're not smart enough to play a musical instrument. You know, uh, some of y'all just just went to blow. You were about to go to blows already. I'm sorry. It happened like, you know, a long time ago. Uh, But they literally told me this, man. And I'll never forget how that made me feel. And it was one of those things like in the movie. I remember standing outside of the band room door and there was a hallway you know, before the actual band room. And I remember standing outside of the band room door, just peering inside the door, just wishing and hoping, you know, trying to catch a glimpse, you know, looking to see if I could see the band. But they wouldn't let me in because they told me I was not smart. My, a teacher told me I was not smart enough to play a musical instrument. And I believed it. And I was to the place where I did not pursue music at that time. Uh, but how many of you know that what it is that God has placed on your heart and what he's called you to do, that he's not going to let the bad word be the final word? Come on. Y'all saw me up here playing the drums. We don't got a bass player. I'll jump on that too. Come on. We don't got a keyboard player. I'll jump on that too. We don't have a praise and worship leader. I'm going to get up here and sing too. Come on. 
That's not for my glory. Come on. But the devil don't have the final word. And so when I went to, I feel it, man. I went to, I went to another school. And when I went to that school, uh, you know, I went to this school and it was amazing because there was a teacher and I'm gonna call his name. His name was Mr. Hild. And Mr. Hild, you know, he was, he was this dude. He was a white guy, uh, in a predominantly black school, you know, and he was just an, he just had so much soul, you know, and he was so excited when he would get excited about music or when we would tick him off, his face would just get red, you know, and it was just amazing. I love that guy. He, he was the one that, you know, that, that brought me to the place and inspired me and said, you know what, young man, come on, you can play. I want to play the bass guitar. He let me play the bass guitar. I want to borrow it. He used to let me take the bass home. Come on. I literally had friends that would call me doodoo fingers. Come on. That was my nickname. You know, it got changed to drew fingers lately, uh, later. Uh, but they, they used to call me doodoo fingers because they said I sucked on, on the instruments. And, but Mr. Hild would always pour into me and challenged me, you know, to be able to keep on going despite the negative things that were said. And so how many of you know there's power in inspiration? And so even though this was the case and I was told that I wasn't smart enough and consequently I was doing uh, poorly in school because I believed this thing, this individual pushed me to do something that people told me that I was not capable of doing. And now I'm where I'm at. And that actually followed me. But the thing is, I remember, I remember even as it pertains to planting this church, man, there were people that all we faced when we set out to plant the church was opposition. And I'll never forget as an 18 year old kid when God called me to ministry and these things just playing in the back of my mind and demonic things happening which I don't have the time to get into where Satan and his forces were attempting to try and stop me from walking into what God had called me to do that I'll never forget when he told me I called you to preach that I went to church and when I was saying God how can this be I'm just a young man because I started preaching and got a license to pastor at 20 years old And so I remember going to church and right when I was asking the God about how is this going to be, there was another young man who was in the pulpit by the name of Reverend Christopher Marcel Moore. And Chris Moore was up there and he was preaching his socks off and he was the same age as me. And I was like, man, how? So, so every time God would tell me to do something, there would always be a contradiction where somebody would try to snatch that word. Come on. But even though this is the case, that God always will put inspiration in your life to let you know that he is capable of doing exceedingly and abundantly above all you can ask or think. And I showed up to prophesy and declare to about seven of you in this place who God has put some stuff in your heart. Come on, folks, in this place. God has put some stuff in your heart and has told you and dreamed and things that you're to do and the fact is that there have been influences and people that have tried to pull you down and told you that you're not capable of doing what it is that he put in your heart to do but I showed up like a midwife to tell you come on somebody that no matter what it is that you are facing if God has called that thing to grow into your belly you got to get to the place where you say don't matter what you say I serve a God who is able to do exceedingly man I feel my ride I'm gonna jump on right here and abundant above all that you could ask or think and you just gotta push past the opposition you gotta push past the naysayers and the haters you hate and I elevate come on somebody all your haterade is just steps 
to make me more resilient. You trying to push me back? I'm like one of those things that you had when you were as a kid and you punch it and it comes down, but it always pops back up. And the fact that I'm still above six feet of ground. Come on, I need a hundred of y'all to get excited about the fact that you're still here. And as long as there's life, there's hope and God's plan can still be revealed and walked out in your life. Somebody give God some praise. So everything they told me that I couldn't do, by God's grace, I've been able to walk that thing out. And we're still going. Come on, I believe the best is yet to come. Come on. And so I love this man because in the text, we find what's happening here. We got to deal with the text uh, that Paul, that Paul is speaking to the church at Ephesus. And Paul is praying for them, if you look in context. Uh, but even though he's praying for them, he keeps getting interrupted. His prayer is interrupted when he starts thinking about things that he needs to admonish them in regards to uh, and to let them know about. And so the first thing that he talks about, he's praying and then he talks to them about salvation. Everybody say salvation. And so I'm not, I don't have time to unpack it, but this is one of my favorite pericopes or passages of scripture. Uh, and when we continue to go on and just look through the various, the first two chapters, we find that Paul is talking about the importance of understanding that grace through faith is the way that God has saved us. And that even though we are dead in our sins and we are unworthy, that we serve such a loving God that he decided to change our lives and to make us alive, to be able to to sit with him, sit with him in heavenly places who's with me this morning and so you know the fact of the matter is that he ends all of this when he finally gets back to his prayer uh, in chapter 3 the end of chapter 3 he says for this reason I bow my knees come on because of all that God did he declares this is why I bow in verse 14 but then he ends with what is known as a doxology come on somebody say doxology this doxology is uh it's the way that one would end a prayer in a form of praise it calls your attention to certain things about god's amazing attributes and then it calls you to give glory unto him come on somebody and I wonder, you know, there's some of you guys in this place that you've been some, through some of the craziest things in your life. And I'm here to tell you that there's still time for a doxology in your life. Come on. There's still time for you to be able to give God the glory as long as you are living. And so these are the things that he declares about God in the passage before he in exhorts us to give God the glory. And so he says in verse 20, now unto him, come on, who is able to do far more. Somebody say above and beyond. Far more than we are able to ask or think. Come on. According to the power that works within us. My point number one. First point is this. God's capability for those who are writing extends beyond our comprehension. Come on. Let me say that again. God's capability extends beyond our comprehension. As I told you, Paul, in the first two chapters, he talks about the mystery of the gospel. Somebody say the mystery. The gospel is a mystery. He talks about how there are individuals who thought that the gospel was only for the Jews. Come on. But then they realized through revelation that the gospel was not just for the Jews. The gospel meaning good news uh, about Jesus. That those who put trust in faith in him. Trust and faith in him. That they can have eternal life and spend eternity with him. You know through trust and faith. This is the gospel. And they thought that it was only for the Jews. And so he, he, he's talking about the mystery of the gospel and how 
lives can continue to be impacted and changed as a result. I mean, just think about this mystery. But I'm telling you about the fact that, that God's ability and capability, it goes beyond, goes beyond our comprehension. When you think about it, if it was up to us, uh, the fact there's no way that if we were God, that we would leave the comforts of heaven and put on anybody's flesh when you are spirit. Come on. You have, they're not bound by anything, but you decide, you say, you know what? Instead of just leaving them stranded, instead of just, you know, that's what we'd have done. We would have snapped our fingers and just said, I'm going to create a new earth. Come on. I'm going to create new people. These jokers is jacking up. I'm not going to let them mess things up any longer. Poof, alakazam. And we would make something new. But God decided that instead of doing this, who did I come to preach to this morning? that I would put on flesh and come down to this earth that don't make no sense come on that's beyond our comprehension that's beyond anything that we would think of that's beyond anything that we would do that God would humble himself Philippians chapter 2 declares as a servant and come down to this earth that God would even save people that we think don't deserve salvation because I told you that many of the Jews thought that salvation was just for them but then it was revealed that it was also for the Gentiles it's the mystery of the gospel that God is no respecter of person the person you think is the greatest that person can be saved the person who you think is, is somebody that's jack and don't deserve it that person god can save them too the mystery somebody say the mystery God's capability extend, extends beyond our comprehension. And that's why many of us, we look at our situation and we look at the things that God has called you to do and we determine whether or not we can do it based upon what we can understand. But my life text, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 declares, Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Come on. And lean not to your own understanding. In all of your ways, acknowledge Him and He will direct your path. You thought that you had to get that degree in order for favor to come. Some of y'all have some jobs right now that are blowing your mind because you got them and you didn't even go to school for it who am i talking to some of y'all in this place you say you know what i needed to have all my ducks in a row relationally before anybody would look at me and god came through and he did a thing where he gave you somebody he gave you a spouse that you don't even deserve i know i'm married all the way up come on because i'm y'all want to be and my wife is an amazing woman and some of you you think that you have to get all these things in order in order for god to bless you trust in the lord with all your heart lean not to your own understanding come on i I, mean i just feel like i'm speaking some hope to somebody today i want to inspire your faith i want you to leave here saying that unto him that is able to do exceedingly come on it don't matter what my bank account looks like can i tell you that i never graduated from college but yet i'm standing up here leading a church come on can i can i tell you i barely made it through high school but i'm up here talking come on and unto him somebody say unto him unto him who is able it don't matter what your situation looks like it don't matter how many failed relationships you've had in the past god can still bring out of it a good marriage who am i talking to it don't matter if you grew up without a papa god can still bring you and raise you to a place where you can care for your children in a good place who am i talking to it don't matter what it looks like unto him somebody shout unto him Ephesians chapter, I mean, uh, Isaiah chapter 55, uh, braid itch, come on. Ephesians chapter 55, uh, verse 8 through 13 ministry. Uh, Jesus declares through the prophet Isaiah, he says, his thoughts 
are not our thoughts. Come on. And his ways are not our ways, saith the Lord. Come on. See, if you could comprehend it, then you would be God. (laughs) But I love how God is able to be so God that he messes us up with the way that he does stuff and then brings it to the place where we can understand it thereafter. Come on. So I can, we're singing, he makes ways. You made a way. You didn't even see how he was going to do it. If somebody came and asked you how he was going to do it, you never could have conjured up that explanation. I wonder if it's anybody that's going to be real with me. Come on. There's some stuff that happened in my life and some things that I'm up against right now. There's no, I'm just singing, you made a way maker, miracle. We're just declaring it, but you can't see it. But he's God enough to do it in a way that will blow your mind, but still bring it down so you can understand it enough to give him the glory man I just preached I'm about to ju- I'm losing my mind uh, because uh, to say, so number one so number one I want you to understand uh, that God's capability extends beyond our comprehension and that's why I love the whole concept of the gospel we're all about gospel centrality in other words the gospel is the central focus and Christ is the central focus of everything that we do here at our church because the fact is that when you study the gospel and what actually happened who would think to impregnate a virgin girl without her ever having any sexual relations come on somebody who would ever think of this in order to bring the god of mankind and the savior of mankind into the earth who would think of bringing him and making there no way in the manger no place in the in the inn rather to the place where he had to be born in a horse's feeding trough would you think of that would you think of it no but he was to the place where he was showing us that god is soul is loving enough that he's willing to come down to the earth and to put on flesh and die and humble himself and if God could come down to the earth and humble himself who am I talking to if God could come down to earth some of us are not even able to be down to earth and we're human come on but God was so down to earth that he was willing to put on flesh and come down to earth come on and die for our sins and so we're unable to comprehend this thing and I love that the story of uh, the story of Mary it ends in Luke 137 it declares and says For with God, nothing shall be impossible. It's almost as if the incarnation or the gospel is an eternal reminder of God's exclusion from impossibility. The incarnation, God putting on flesh and coming into earth through a virgin girl. It lets us know that if he can do that, come on, then nothing you're facing and nothing he's called you to do is impossible. God is excluded from impossibility. Come on, impossible situations are the greatest opportunity for God to specialize in doing what he does best. Come on, I wonder if it's five or six of y'all in this place that showed up and you say, you know what, I'm going to give God glory unto him because he's a God that is able he is excluded from impossible so no matter what I'm facing it cannot stop what he's called me to do from coming to pass in my life but it says in 3:20, now unto him that is able to do far more abundantly than all that we could ask or think according to the power that works in us somebody say in us The power that works in us. Number two, God does the impossible in and through mankind. God does the impossible in and through mankind. It's his work at work 
in us. The, the, you know, and it's amazing to me that God again, uh, this is the way that it happens. Some of us thinks that he cometh in a Honda and that's the way that Jesus is going to show up or he's going to show up in a Bentley in order for the world to be impacted and changed. But how many of y'all know that don't, God don't care nothing about Honda? God cares about you. Come on. The Bible declares in 1 Corinthians chapter 6 that you are the temple of the Holy Spirit. His work is happening in you and the beautiful thing is that as he impacts your life, come on, he empowers you to be able to impact and inspire the lives of others. Man, there are enough testimonies in this place to give the devil a black eye. Who did I show up to preach to this morning? There's some things in your life that should have killed you and stopped you, but you're still here and in the house to give God praise today. And I'm here to tell you that if you want to know if God can rescue from debt, you can talk to someone who he delivered. I'm sure y'all somebody's in here. If you want to know if there's ability to get past the broken marriage, there's someone in here that God has brought through a broken marriage. I wonder if it's anybody in here. There's someone who your testimony is that God brought you out of a place of depression. That testimony, the work he's done in you has not only benefited you, but it's the key to impact somebody else's life. Who am I talking to? I want you to know that God's work in us and through us is the impossible. God does the impossible in and through us. It's not limited just to Jesus. It's something like this is why Mary, why I love it. Mary was just some people put an extra emphasis on Mary as if Mary was someone who was, uh, who was, um, uh, who was, what was it? Immaculate rather. And that she had with, was without error. That devil is a liar. The Bible declares and says uh, that we all have foot sinned. Romans chapter 3 verse 23. We all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. There is no perfect human being on the earth. Come on. And the beauty about the story of Mary is that Mary was just a regular girl that God had called, come on, and anointed and overshadowed and empowered to be able to do the impossible. And her declar- her experience stands as a testimony to all of us that by God's grace, we are capable of doing whatever it is that he calls us to do. You might think you need certain qualifications. No, all the only qualification you need is that God told you that he's going to bring something to pass in your life. All you need is the word of the Lord and God can give you the capability to walk it out. He does not call the equipped, but he equips the called to walk out what he's called you to do. And so this brings us to the conclusion where he says in verse 21, come on, somebody say verse 21. And I love it because he says, this is the point of it all. This is the point of it all. Yes, I'm telling you that God is able to do exceedingly and abundantly. Somebody say one more time, above and beyond. Beyond you can ask or think in your life, in your relationship, in your business, come on, in your mind, in your health, uh, in every sphere of your life. God is able to do above and beyond. Yes, I'm telling you that. But you know the point of it, my friends? You know the point? Uh, you know the point of it? You think the point is so you could just be successful and you get to, you go up the elevate, you elevate but forget about the elevator? Come on. You think that's the purpose of you being successful? You think it's the purpose for God to do above and beyond in your life? No. The text ends up saying unto him one more time say unto him 
unto him be all the glory come on in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever the purpose of him doing above and beyond in your life is so that your life can be so rich and full of his above and beyond that it ends up being an altar call come on somebody your life ends up being praise and worship a praise and worship leader that when people look at you and they hear your story they have no choice but to lift their hands and give glory to God because of all that he's done in your life and I love how he starts it he says he says he says uh, that it has to be let to him be all the glory in the church surf city is a church that you've heard all these things yes we said a hundred people have made decisions for Christ many of them being you in this place today but we're not taking glory for ourselves we know that it's not just because of our cool singing come on somebody we know that it's not because uh, the pastor has braids that that's why people is getting saved but we know that it's only because of the power of God somebody say unto him but then he says not only unto him be in the church but in Christ Jesus because Jesus and the church the, the church is known as the body of Christ come on and lots of y'all think that you can walk with Christ without his church come on but now that's another sermon we're going to talk about that another time but at the end of the day Jesus throughout generations uh, what God does in your life the above and beyond that he does of in your life that ultimately you give him glory for he's not just trying to do it in your life so that it can just expect your generation but how many of you know that my grandkids are going I want my grandkids to be talking about me what God does above and beyond I want it to impact the generations thereafter I want the little kids the Ryans and the Joshua's and the Gabe's and the Noah's and all of the youngins in this place come on to be able to look up and say there is inspiration that is coming from this generation and that the grandbabies and the great grands until Jesus tarries that they are able to continue to reap the blessing that happens when we because of our faithfulness in this generation and then he goes on and he says generations forever and ever man there's angels that are going to be shouting because of what has happened in your life forever and ever on into eternity but i'm telling you this the bible makes it clear that we have we're able to sing a song that the angels aren't even able to sing come on and on into eternity after jesus returns and i don't know about you man but i'm gonna be praising at hallelujah boulevard come on i'm gonna be dancing and giving god glory at glory to god street because of all of the stuff that he did for me in my life i wonder if it's two or three of y'all in this place that say that he's been so good to me that one lifetime isn't enough to praise him as david said if i had ten thousand tongues it still wouldn't be enough to give him glory i'm just gonna keep saying holy glory be to you god even after i die and go to heaven or jesus for glory be to you jesus and everything that you do in my life i'm gonna give you the glory forever because it's always unto you that the glory is due first corinthians 10 31 says i do all things to the glory of god somebody say unto him and so number three god alone deserves the glory ecclesiastically which is, means church generationally generation to generation and eternally he says god be the glory in the church and in christ jesus throughout all generations forever and ever amen and so i'm declaring that god is going to do above and beyond in your life made a way glory to god god's going to do above and beyond in your life if you would trust him instead of listening to the craziness that people have been saying 
that has been an attempt to abort what God has called you to. And so my encouragement to you today is to trust in him. And when it is that he does what he's called you to do, that you declare unto you, God, be the glory and the honor. Who am I talking to this morning? If that word was a blessing to you, go ahead and give God some praise. I know we're a little bit over our time today, but it's Vision Sunday and I believe God. And I feel like something's stirring in here. I feel like somebody's going to leave here with hope today. That you're going to dust off those books that you stored, those journals that you wrote that stuff in. I'm prophesying to somebody right now. You wrote in those journals. I see you. And you put them, you put them between the bed or you tucked them away because of the fact that you were in a place where the thing that God put in your heart, you felt intimidated about walking it out. And God is saying today, that now is the time blow the dust off and start walking therein